Welcome back to RTFD Tales of Piracy, episode 16, Mogolos Madness. I am the Dungeon Master, Nick Smith, and as always, I am joined by our crew, Todd Blackburn. I, Slayer here. And remember, guys, rob the fool stream. That's a, really That's a good lot one. better than mine. Holy cow. Max Garner. Howdy, playing Golan as always. Uh, remember the furry dinosaurs. And Pat Kelly. Howdy, playing Yurte. Uh, Raul tried fried dog. Raul, uh, why? Why fried dog? <laughs> Raul, why? <laughs> what? No comment. No yeah, comment. that's... <laughs> um, anyway... So complimenting you. So we're playing D&D. <laughs> Let's continue on with our recap. We're going to take us all out. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. No, 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 we have to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, you guys ready? Yeah. So, as always, let's continue on with the recap. Last time, the Mongolos Solstice was upon the crew after a good, long week spent doing their own personal downtime. You all spent some time in the morning talking to various crewmates and friends in the bar that, um, and afterwards decided to walk about the crafting district for a while. There, you guys encountered an artificer from Zotria named Jingi, a copper dragonborn. Uh, he showed you some of his interesting wares, and you guys got to check out some of the magical items he had. Golan, on the other hand, encountered the hairless tabaxi once again, known as Sweetwater who sold him or had him try some druidic drug called pollen. And for a brief minute, he could see into the ethereal plane and float. He came down very fast and kind of bolted after that. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, you guys were all ushered by the moving crowd to an area just outside of the Crooked Feather Inn, where Rima had presented the victors or the finalist feast where you and the crew of these Moonweaver sat across from each other and ate what could have possibly been your final meals. You were then all ushered over to the final arena where you saw this large black and red crystal in the center. The crowd was ushered around, around the ring. You guys made some final bets and entered into the pits. Across, you saw a very jacked stern Galax, quite literally larger than normal, enter into the arena, followed by his spellcasters and other teammates. They rushed at all of you guys. You had an epic fight back and forth with Yurite, Krolten, and Golan dealing with the spellcasters, and Stern and Slayer in a vicious 1v1. And due to many wild swings from Stern and critical hits from Slayer, he was able to successfully weaken Stern. But... As most of the Moonweaver fell, and right before Stern dropped to a knee, Golan noticed that Rima started acting different. He looked over at the crystal and it cracked, as a rift was formed in it, and this large, dark-skinned, white-haired monster with four arms came crawling out, letting out a vicious howl, which summoned by its side a being covered in what seemed to be black and red flames with this long, flowing tail with a prominent stinger at the end. Slayer then decided to deal with Stern Galax and wiped him out very quickly, and then went on to help the rest of the crew fight these new threats. You guys laid in to the Dark Beast, but it wasn't enough to make it fall, as it then went hunting after one of the Harpy Sisters. The Harpy Sisters went off running on their own as the beast followed suit, leaving you guys to deal 
with the being covered in flames. You three fought valiantly. Krolten fell at one point to the stinger of this beast. But due to the parapet and several failed uh, strikes from this beast, Krolten popped up, grabbed it at a choice moment for Yurite to make a strike against it and deal a very crushing blow to it. After defeating the demonic creature, a playing card, a jack of clubs, dropped to the ground. Around the jack, a long, fire-like stinger, similar to that of the beast. And that is where we are all now. Don't forget, Slayer killed him. Not your Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just dealt massive damage. No, you dealt a good, he dealt a lot of damage. You stole my kill. I know. I was going for Okay, so, you guys... You guys are standing around looking at this card. Um, you guys all take a, a brief sec, like couple seconds to pause. And I'm going to need all of you to make a strength saving throw. Well, the crystal's probably still trying to pull us in. Because it was doing it last time. Krolten is also unconscious at this moment. Nineteen. 18. 11. 11. Okay, so, uh, Ten also automatically fails. Just Ten and Yurite are pushed, poof, you're basically pushed up against the wall of the arena and kind of, like, forced into it, and you actually take, from getting thrown into the wall, oh. one bludgeoning damage. Yeah, nothing. Uh, as you get thrown, and you say, you see Ten thrown back ten feet as his unconscious body just... Fl- flies around, his limbs flailing throughout the air, dropping all of his weapons. And everyone's just looking around, and you actually notice the crowd is now dispersing. People are running and trying to get the hell out of there. Um, let me get initiative rolls from you guys. Oh, no. Okay. Just got one more chance. <laughs> 17. I got a 15. 3. 3, okay. So, it will be going Slayer, Golan, then Yurite. Krolten, who's unconscious for her sake. Krolten's actually going first out of the group. He got a 19. <laughs> so, let's get next. <laughs> um, yeah, so at the top of the round, the crystal is going to act. It's going to... And someone roll a d4. Okay. Golan does a 19 hit. For me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, Golan, you're standing there. You're right next to this rift as all of a sudden you see a bolt of this chaotic energy just arc across, strike you in the chest, and you take six lightning damage. Uh, okay. After you got hit, give me an arcana check, Golan. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, nine. Nine? Yeah, you look at it and... You don't have to be an expert in whatever this is to know that uh, it doesn't look stable. It looks to be wobbling in all sorts of senses and just very erratically twitching in different manners. Uh, so it's Krolten who's unconscious. Slayer, um, what are you doing? Since I just killed that demon and it dropped a playing card with a stinger like I have, uh huh. assuming that he uh, made the playing card just for me because of the stinger and everything, he was just killed by a stinger. I reach down, I pick up the card. Okay, you pick up the card. It's a free action on your turn. Doesn't take an action or anything like that. Um, and then with that, 
Is Yurite, like, stuck? No, he's just... Yeah, he just, like, back at the wall, wind got knocked out of him for a brief right. second. Slayer just looks around at everyone, uh, the dismays of everything. That guy... Arr! Uh, where did, uh, the Harpy sisters go? And that other beast? And Slayer just looks around. Well, I think that beast charged them, so they ran off. I mean, it's probably chasing them right now. We, maybe we should get going. So, Slayer, is that your turn? Yeah, I don't know where they went. Okay, so after your turn, you see you see landing not too far from you guys, from the edge, Zebrith oh. and Pitcher. They land next to you guys. Pitcher walks forward. What the hell is going on? What happened? Hi, Captain. Uh, a beast jumped out of the crystal and it's chasing the Harpy Sisters and... I don't know, this crystal's really unstable right now. Well, should we do something about the crystal then? I do you need me to chop it down? I mean, unless you can think of anything else. I am in favor of just taking wax at it. Where's Al for? Uh, give me a perception check. Ooh, ooh. 18 plus 18. 18, yeah, that's right, okay. Um, you look around and you do see Alfor standing at the edge and you notice he's quickly flipping through a book in front of him. He doesn't, like, he's not paying attention to anything else. He's just flipping through a book, like, with ferocious speed. We need that man, and I'm going to point to Alfor. Pitcher's going to look up. Aye, scrawny elf boy, down here! And uh, Alfor's going to look up. Huh, I'm way ahead of you. He's going to keep flipping and then go, ah, here it is. And he's going to say some, like, words just kind of like a little like it sounds a little backwards sylvan a little bit just and this pulse of energy is going to burst out of his hand at the crystal and you see it as the rift slowly starts to close and the crystal slowly starts to seal away eventually the crystal is whole and alfor just looks and goes i can't i literally am this is taking a lot of concentration for some reason it's fighting back Start taking wax at it. Destroy the crystal. And he's just... His hand, you see, like, irritate with an 18. You see his hand starts violently shaking. And you look at the crystal as well, and you see just it it starts shaking as well. Can I just take a whack at it? Or? Yeah, uh, so just everyone who would like to whack at this damn thing, take wax. So is this thing going to have health, or are we just whacking it. at it? You're, it has an AC and health, so I will tell you when you have broken it. All I need to know. Yeah. Great weapon master attack. So we're going to be keeping the initiative order for this. Zebrith and Pitcher are going after Slayer, then Golan, then Yurite. So Slayer, you're going to be up first. Oh, we're going that way. All right, I'm going to Actually, wait, in order, we, we would have been right? at yeah, Yurite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have been at Yurite by, uh... Yeah, because we were on my Golan, turn with you... it, so it would have been... Or no? No, it would have been no, Golan's turn. Golan. I could have pulled my action. action. Oh, yeah. I need to take yeah. action. Yeah, action. yeah, so we'll start from that. We'll start from his held action right, we'll go that, yeah. to Golan and then Yurite. Okay, um, I'm just going to take a hit at it. Yeah, so you two roll your attacks. Slayer, your held action was to wait for someone to do something, and seeing Alphor cast and Golan go for the strike, you decide to strike. Uh, I got a 21 to attack. Definitely hits. A natural 20. Definitely hits. Roll damage. What are you going at it with, Slayer? I still have my... I'm still rage. I still have my tail Um, I would say definitely a minute has passed, so unless you're raging again, your rage has dropped. I have 10 more seconds. This could be my last rage attack. 
that round like so like you guys doing the investigations and stuff like that that's that was your last round and my then last a round new... ends at my start of my next round when i lose my rage you wouldn't have it this round you had to attack you, something. No, that no, round because because basically what happened is you defeated the thing. You guys all took a quick round of pause, yeah. where nothing happened, and then that's when this reacted. So you guys lost that last round to, what do we do? So, well, I got nine uh, damage points. Nine, okay. Uh, my rapier. I got fourteen. Okay, it starts cracking a little bit. It's not. It, it's it's looking pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty fucked up. Uh, Yerte. Of course. <laughs> Just hope those dives don't fail. Oh, no. Uh, unnatural 20. Yeah, that hits. <sighs> 25. How you doing it? I am just shattering right through with a just a hefty swing. Yep, so Yerte, you, you take two strides forward and you just... Like always how you've been decapitating things with like kicking up the sword a little bit and getting that momentum down. You do a very similar move, but you you look over at Kroll 10 and you flick your sword out to the side, not breaking contact with him, and you're just like, this is for you, Kroll 10. Grab your the the the, the hilt and the the handle with your second hand, and with a twist of your whole body, like your legs go first, and then your upper body follows through with the full momentum of it. You just, you guys see a line go across the crystal. Nothing for a second. And then the crystal just slide in half. And then, top shatters. As it is destroyed. The rest of it starts to crack slowly and crumble into just piles of these shards. Do any of the shards lay in front of Slayer? Or like fall in front of Yeah, there's a huge pile in front of you. Can Slayer pick up a shard? Would you like to be stealthy about it or no? No, just in the open. Just okay. Reach down. Yeah, you pick up a shard, and the second you do, you hear the sound of Alfor. No, no, no! The best you should probably put that down carefully. I might add. Can I do a sleight of hand? Try to pocket. As Give me a sleight of hand check. Big, big. Put it down. Because oh. <laughs> I was gonna say I'd like to help. Because I see this too. 18? Okay, give me a perception check. God. And it's because I beat his roll. Why did I uh, roll twice that first time? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you chose you to roll, roll twice. Like you have it. I know. I had advantage <laughs> on dex against... Uh, That's dex saving for I know, yeah. I know, but I read you, it. You I read it wrong. Double. <laughs> but anyway, so here's what happens. You look around and you you notice like no one around you is looking and you put it into one of your many pockets in your cargo pants, right? And then you turn around and uh, let me get a perception check from the two of you guys. Uh, Golan Yurte. 18. 16. You guys both see a ethereal hand slowly slip into Slayer's pocket, take out the shard and then put it on the ground gently. As uh, Yurte, you glance up at Alfor and you see his like him whispering into his hand and moving it a little bit and then just straining up and go, Thank you for putting it down, Slayer. Aye, you're always welcome. As I just, you know, pat my pocket where I just put it. Yeah, you pat it. Still feels like it's there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Golan, you then feel a... <laughs> your stone from Rima shaking. I'm pulling that out. Okay, you... Real quick. <laughs> whip it out and you hear somewhat... Not 
gurgly, but like not the best of quality you've heard before. Mm. Definitely an out of breath Rima. Just go, we are in my bunker. We escaped momentarily by going into the sewers and finding a, a way through up into the market through my office. We have it sealed off. I have my my guard that you met her, Cora the Cyclops, and Sleaze guarding the two entrances at the moment. Do what you wish. Hunt down the beast or come defend Squala. It's up to you two. I trust you to make a wise decision, but do what you must. I believe we are safe for a bit. Is Squala with you? Yes. Oh, we are all okay in my okay. bunker, but we are being guarded. I have many more of my harpy guards keeping watch for the beast. They will alert me if they notice anything. We'll definitely stay there and be safe, and we'll take care of it. Good. Be safe. Get out alive. And it just hangs up. Can I just intuitively take a uh, perception check of seeing if I can find my mark? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Give me a perception check that's with advantage, because it's marked. Just a ten. You... This is the first time you're using this new ability, you know? During your time in the wilderness, you got very used to marking your prey and then hunting after it, but you were very quick in the hunt. You've never had prey escape you before. So you're standing around, and you give the air a little whiff. You, you try and feel if there's a breeze, but you're in a pit right now. So you can't really feel the wind. You don't smell anything out of the ordinary other than the dead bodies around you. Um, you don't seem to know where this thing went. You know it went up the balcony and through curtains. I just rolled uh, myself a perception check. Declare what you were going to do before you roll. I was going to see if I saw him sniffing in the air or see him trying to track it. So It would be an 18. That's not going to count because you have to say what you're going to do then roll. Because if you roll yeah. low, you can basically not say that you rolled anything. That was my point. Yeah, see, that's the why you declare what you do, then roll. Twelve, then. Twelve. You do notice him doing it because it's very obvious. He's not trying to stealthily, like, go. No, it's like him going, putting his head in the air, and you see his dragonborn like, nostrils. Eyes closed. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Can I use survival to also sniff and see if I can sniff out? Yeah, give me a survival check. For the demon? Oh, an eight. Uh, you're, you join in the sniffing, but once again, you don't know if you're smelling the beast or the dead bodies around you. It's very pungent. Well, I'm just going to, and that since I was on that call, I don't know if they heard me or not, I'm just going to announce that and say to the group. So, Rima and her sisters are all hunkered up in their bunker. They're all being protected as of now, and they're not really sure where the beast is. We definitely should get to putting out that threat for Squala's safety, of course. Alright, well, I'm gonna look over at Krolten, seeing him still on the ground. Oh, he's out. <laughs> yeah, how about... Golan, just... do you have any way to, uh... Yeah, let's help get... out Krolten. Yeah, uh, we're gonna need an extra pair of hands. Let's get Krolten on his, uh, Krolten on his feet. So, uh... uh... Pitcher's gonna chime in. I, um... Listen, I don't know what it is you're exactly doing, because I can only hear a couple words you're saying. But, um... If need be, that man looks like he just can't move anymore. What say I go with you instead, and... Zebrith, do you mind staying behind to watch the fella and get him patched up? Zebrith's just gonna nod and... Uh, don't worry, Captain, I can I can watch over him, get him bandaged, bandaged up. And, uh, Slayer, you get flashbacks to when Zebrith is, like, you know, tended your wounds. She's not the gentlest. You know that. You know, like... 
the thought of being patched up by Zebrith is almost as bad as getting it hurt in the first place. Aye, <laughs> Zebrith. Just uh, make sure you go gentle on him. He's almost dead already. I just don't want hey, you to kill I, him. I always do. You know me, Slayer. I have a very gentle touch, as I am told by everyone. I, uh, and everyone also tells uh, a lie once in a while, too. Slayer, I don't know, like, you just won your fight. I don't know why you're being so angry at me. I don't know what I did to you. The rage in fights, not outside the fights, Slayer. Just take care of him, or it'll be me you'll have to deal with. <laughs> sure thing, Yorite, don't worry. I'll take care of him. Kind of just give him, like, a grimace, like, better be serious, and go, I, we need to get moving. It did move through the curtains. If we want to follow it, that might be our best bet. I agree. Let's get moving. Okay, so you guys quickly dash on out of the pit and make your way towards the curtains. Uh, you see Alfor standing there and he turns. Oh, real quick. So, you are hunting this thing, correct? Yes. Listen. Chances are it might have gone into the sewers. It's just a hunch I have, but I found a large deposit of planar shards growing there. I didn't have time to examine from which, but from my books, it looks to be a dragolith, which are... Beings of the abyss. So we are de dealing with demons here. Poison does almost nothing against them, so be very careful when dealing with that. I have to go tend to other things and make sure I need to contact the Watchers. They will be getting here shortly if I can get word to them soon that, well, Dragolith has appeared. And I didn't recognize that other being, whatever that was. I will be telling them of its existence as well. Okay, so what would you all like to do? You're standing. Uh, Alfor goes off and goes to call the Watchers. Um, and you guys are all standing in the basically the box seats of where the Harpy Sisters were. You see an assortment of different like ruffled feathers here and there throughout. Um, and you do see like claw marks. And what looks to be like possible blood. And things like that and little like dissolved bits of concrete can i uh do a like track to see if the marks follower the give me a survival uh, check with advantage because it's marked all right and then can i also just kind of track the marks like the claw marks give me a survival check 15 15 um 21 okay all right 22 so following the 15 you can tell that he definitely went through the curtains, and moving past it, you also know this, with the claw marks, you do see its footing and everything go past the curtains, and you guys begin to follow it through. And going through, eventually, Yurte, you do lose its its tracks, but you notice Slayer seems to still be on them. So Slayer actually carries on this tracking for a little bit, as you guys get to this get to that page all right you guys get to this small little hut just outside of the homeless section behind the crafting district um it's actually not too too far from where the the main arena hap like fight happened it's basically just outside the citadel looped around so you can assume that the beast took this path as the sisters took a more direct one would you guys like to go into the sewers aye Let's okay go. slayer just um gets to the sewer point and is it like hatched or 
Yeah, so you open up this, open like, it. hut door. Okay. Um, think of it like it's a, uh, kind of like an outhouse, honestly. All right. And you open up the door, and instead of, like, a seat, it's stairs going down below the citadel. How dark? Is there light? No. No light. Uh, but if you have dark vision, you can see fine. Without it, nothing. I, uh, trusty torch. Do you have a torch? Because I was going to go. I always have a torch. Yeah, Yurte just busts out a torch and. <laughs> that torch tinderbox and can breathe fire. Yeah, he, he just lets out a little cough and his torch lights up and illuminates the tunnel for all of you. Okay. <coughs> so, down below in the sewers underneath the crafting citadel, you hear the sound of rushing water every now and then surround you. You. Hear it below as well as you see a small little river in the center of these two walkways. After going down the stairs, you eventually get to this small river that you heard. Is this like river river or like creek water kind of? Think stereotypical sewers below New York vibe with it where it's like maybe ankle to shin deep. Okay. Okay. And like it could get like morph like it's prone to flooding kind of thing you can tell because they're seeing like the the stones you step on are very wet um the light from your torch only goes about 30 feet out um let me get uh any tracking that you guys would like to do i'll just do perception okay perception from golan i'm assuming survival well i have advantage because i'm looking for that big yeah you're looking for your marked beast so you're you're going to be rolling survival with Okay, go I got on. a 19 on perception. 21 on survival. Nat 20 on survival and a 21. What's the total for the nat 20? Uh, 23. 23, got it. Okay, so you guys all stand down there and Pitcher looks around and goes, Ah, this smells like rancid shit and piss. Dear Lord. Uh, so <laughs> you you kind of get a very similar vibe that uh, Slayer's reacting the same way, uh, or Pitcher's reacting the same way Slayer did when he first walked into the market where he's almost blinded by the odor. Uh, with the scent of the smell, Slayer does yak up a furball. Okay, yeah. In the sewer. You just take this big whiff as a part of your first keen bit of survival and all the bad just gets into the back of your throat and you just... <gasps> this decent, like, baseball-sized furball just comes out and whoosh, splashes into the water. I even tasted, like, shit and piss. You have a good idea, and, and Pitcher is just going to roll up his sleeve and start licking his own fur and then <laughs> spit out his own hairball. But when it comes to tracking, Yurite holds up the light, and immediately you guys see these long, large claw marks. Easily five feet from end to end along the wall. And you guys start to follow the direction these claws lead. You actually notice at one point they kind of drag along the wall and around a corner, almost like it was dragging its hand. Talk about filing your nails. Oh, yeah. You can just... <laughs> wow. Kind of imagining yeah. imagining the sound, kind of like nails on chalkboard. At times when you're looking at it, you can almost hear an ethereal... like Almost like you're hearing it upon just walking by it and looking wow. at it. And... You guys continue on under the sewers for about 20 minutes. You guys are going through. And if not for Yurite, at one point you all look around and Slayer, you think you're lost. You lost all scent. 
you lost all sight of this thing's tracks. But Yurte sees a small little glint of something at the edge of his torchlight. A shard. He runs over to it, and upon getting close, he actually illuminates, now kind of being lit up, but also, think dimly lit. Like, they're almost suffocating the light to a degree. Of these shards lining the entire wall and ceiling of the sewers around you guys. And you see the claw marks begin again about halfway down the tunnel. This must have been what Alphor was talking about. This is not good. There are a lot of crystals. Too many. What does it mean? Not important now. There's the claw marks. We have to keep going. Let's go. Slayer feels his pocket, sees crystals still there. <laughs> you cry your pocket, <laughs> and the crystal's not there. Oh, no. Slayer, Slayer's just looking at the new crystals, eyeing them up as uh, money signs, potentially. Okay. Um, you to touch them or you gonna... <laughs> They're all kind of, like, growing out of the wall. Think, like, there's a very, like, the inside of those geode rocks. Would I know how to Which get back ball? there? Um, with the 21 on survival, yes. I kind of noted down the location of these to come back later. You take out the small notebook and you write sewers, and you write how many, like, the rights and lefts that you have to take real quick. And then you close your book and put it away in your pocket. So you would know in case you want to, you can come back. So you guys continue on, and... Pitcher is kind of focused on Yuritae and Slayer following these tracks. You guys are all working as like a trio to make sure you guys aren't getting lost or anything. And Golan, really the only one not focused so much on the tracks, but more of the sewer around him. And a very faint echoing <clears throat> off in the distance about with a 19 you got on Perception? Yeah. Roughly two to three hundred feet ahead of you guys, like what sound like a mu- almost like a muffled like breaking of something. Hmm. Does anyone hear that? You guys all stand up and you take a listen, but sounds quiet. I can almost make out like this smashing sound, almost just somewhere up ahead. Uh, let me get a perception check from everyone. I was gonna ask, would that go along with what the tracks I'm seeing, or? Oh, uh, you know it's in that direction. Okay. So yeah, you, you the way you're following the tracks, it's ahead of you guys. So it's, it's not too too far off. Seventeen. Oh yeah, you already got yours. Yeah. Seventeen. 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 You guys now hear almost muffled again, <clears throat> just a little bit louder. Going, you notice it's louder than last time, and then a couple more seconds pass, and you hear <clears throat> and the sound of what seems to be. Breaking wall and stone exploding off in the distance down this sewer. And Pitcher looks at you guys. Do we run away or towards it? I, Captain, always towards the danger. That's what I like to hear. And he takes out his two blades and he's just going to start running uh, forward. He has 40 feet of movement, so he's dashing off. You guys running behind him? No, yeah. Uh, your is going to go to Slayer real fast. And if, do you have a health potion I can borrow? I'm still pretty beat up. Uh, <laughs> We're rushing into combat. I can cure your wounds. Ah, uh, that might help. But yeah, I, like probably... you're over here, sure. <laughs> I just need something. Okay, so what are you gonna cure wounds or the health? Like potion? you could say no, we'll just cure be moving. But uh, yeah, I could no, use like two, three charges on the sit turn, and I could. We can both. Uh, as long as it's quick. I just yeah. So as you guys are running, you quickly bust out your sit turn. How many charges would you like to cure um, wounds him for? hit me with it too. I didn't use any, so let's do three. 
Three. Uh, so would you like? So are you using it on both of them or just one? <laughs> one, one, one. I mean, you can hand it out one each of you if you would like. You can do one where it's like two, one. You can divide it however you I'll want. I'll use four charges and do two each. Okay, so roll yeah. two d8 and they each no. get um, that additional. They get that yeah, much HP back. Uh, the d8 plus the charisma. Plus yeah. Your charisma. Five, so it's two d8 plus your charisma. Cool. But okay. at the uh, the one level up, so using we're at ten. 17. So you gain 17 back here today. Now for Slayer. 7. 15. 15. Do I add his charisma or mine? His charisma. Mine. So, so 20. 20. Yeah, so 20. Barbarian gets 20 hit points back. Wow, well, that's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so you guys all get your health back and you continue on running past the noise or past towards the noise. I'll blow half. I was in trouble. And yep, and I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Yeah, we're, we're booking it. Let's yeah. go. It wouldn't hurt. Do you want to give me a health potion? Slayer tosses him a health potion for healing him. Got it. Okay, oh, you, you toss him. Uh, if you would like, you want to hold on to it or do you want to chug it? Uh, let's chug it. Uh, yeah, I need. Okay, so you, uh, that's 1d4 plus 4 for a health potion. All right, yeah, cool. It's not that much. Honestly, anything would be better than where I was at, so. Six. 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 I'll take it and back up to 30. Okay, so you guys continue on running down this dark sewer, getting closer and closer to the origin of this sound. And as you do, you all of a sudden hear this sickening mix of howls and growling around, echoing throughout the tunnels. And you see a light up ahead, and as you guys approach it, you see the unconscious bloodied body of the Cy Cyclops broken through the wall with bits of these shards sticking into her back. And you see standing in the middle of the room, you guys would be probably right around here on the map, standing here, defending her sisters is Rima, all up against a wall, and standing right in front of her, the massive four-armed dark-skinned, white-haired beast. <sighs> Just getting closer and closer, and Rima, standing there with one hand up, reaching behind her back and taking out this long scythe. If you want her, you go through me first. Um, Let's get everyone to roll initiative. Hell yeah. Please be good. My first bad initiative of the day. So pitcher will be taking Kroll 10 spot on the initiative rank. Ooh, and he has advantage. Oh, I've been so good with my initiatives lately. Do I even remember this thing? Yurite, what'd you get? Natural 20. Ooh, yes. <laughs> you, you and pitcher are going at the exact same time. Actually, no, you're going first. You got an unnatural 20. What, what is it with modifiers? 21. 21? I'm going to put it in there so you definitely go first. 21. Slayer, what'd you get? Uh, six. Golan. I got a 19. Nice. Yeah, good, in, good initially this time. Okay, so starting with Yurite, what would you like to do? 5, 10, 15, 20. A slash attack. Got it. You go make <laughs> your attack. Uh, we're... We're going to do Great Weapon Master attack, because... Why not? Why not? Yeah, fate's gonna screw me. Six. Yep, you make your first strike, 
and it looks at you and ducks out of the way and you quick and you just whiff wide as it dodges expertly. Can I make a follow up just normal attack? Make your second attack. Twelve. Doesn't hit. You then go and try and swing it back around for your second strike, and it takes its claw and just puts it on top of your greatsword while you're swinging it and slams it against the ground as it just has it drag against the floor and miss entirely. Now it is going to be Pitcher's turn. Pitcher having his two blades out. Okay, guess we're automatically going in. 5, 10, 15, 20. He is going to go in, and he's going to make his first attack with his rapier. Natural 20. Wow. With sneak attack. Wow. Of course not. So. What? Wow. He's wait, a rogue. Wait, wait, wait. I, I know that, but with sneak attack too? That's what rogue On the first strike, if an, if an enemy is engaged with no, an ally. I, I'm well aware, but a nat 20 with sneak attack? Snack, yeah, sneak attack. Wow. Everything Bro, is doubled wow. on Bro, a nat 20. Wow. Everything is Bro, doubled. And it's 4d6 at his level. Wow. So it's 4d6 doubled. Wow. Plus a, 2D, plus a d8 doubled. So. Yeah, that's wow. <laughs> that doesn't do any uh, saving throws. He deals 39 piercing damage on his first strike as he sees Yurite miss twice. And the, the Drogolith is so preoccupied with just controlling the blade that Pitcher runs up, throws in a little flourish of drawing his blades out as he spins in the air and just cuts a long slash down the, the other arm of the dragolith and it just lets out a and turns and looks at him he's then going to make a quick offhand strike at it with his bonus action natural four he's gonna miss as the dragolith is made aware and its smaller hand goes from underneath it's like near its ribcage and grabs pitcher's second hand um and shoves him off golan it's your turn uh i'm gonna straight up cast fairy fire on him uh, okay. Yeah, uh, that is a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Natural four. Fails. Let's go. So it is lit up with fairy fire as this red aura just <laughs> bursts from around it. That's advantage on all attacks against it. Yep. Ooh, just us. Now it's everyone. Everyone. Oh. It yeah, is. If, the, if he's affected, it's everyone. If you attack it is that creature, you have advantage. Oh, the right. Dragolith's turn. This thing is going to stand and just let out a as the lights in the room dim and the shadows grow and two shadowy figures rise from Urate and Pitcher's shadows and the Dragolith is now going to go. It is going to 5, 10, leave your range. Uh, so you and Pitcher both get opportunity attacks on it. Pitcher's gonna hit for 10 piercing damage. Do I get advantage on this? Yes, because yeah. of fairy fire. Yep. Can I take that roll and roll twice and declare great weapon master instead? No. Because I didn't realize that. You can't great okay. mas- great weapon master uh, oh. Oh, any, opportunity attacks. Any attacks. Any attacks? Yeah. With any attack, you just add plus ten. I lose five to my. Okay, then uh, if you want, you can. But uh, or no, I'll just yeah. You didn't declare normal. when you first. Threw, well, so. I was gonna reroll both because I didn't realize I got two 
the van. No, it's it's fire. it's first roll and second roll. You don't get to re-roll so both once you find out you have advantage. Right. That's fine though. But they're both eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, so that definitely eight. hits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So just remember that. Like I forgot though, you had advantage. For, if you so, roll yeah. that, those rolls count unless like once it's declared your action. Okay. Yeah. Three plus five, eight. Eight. Okay, so he takes 18 damage as he runs away and runs at Rima, and he's going to unload all three of his attacks against her. Miss with the first one. Hit with the second one. Hit with the third one. This thing has crazy modifiers. So, two of them hit Rima. She takes... Thirty-five piercing damage as its claws stab into one of her wings, and it goes and bites into the second one and starts ripping away at it as feathers just start to plume out from her wings, and she lets out, "Ah, ah, sister, stay back!" Um, that is going to be Slayer's turn. Does this count as five where I am, or is that? Yeah, that's gonna be five. All right, five, ten, fifteen. Right up behind. Got it. Give me that advantage. Uh, Are you raging? Oh, raging. Got uh, it. With the spiked <laughs> tail, because the guy said poison. Spiked tail, got it. Poison doesn't work on them. Okay. What's up? Um, unnatural 20. That it's. And then Do it up. Four damage. Okay. Oh wait, no wait. I forgot to add. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> seven. Eleven. Uh, Eleven damage. Got it. <laughs> you heard it. Um, as you slash into it, it its body kind of goes along with it for like as you slash the spikes across and and reforms behind your tail. Going with the second attack. Nineteen. That hits. Some better rolls. Okay. Uh, Seventeen. 17 yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's looking hurt. These things are pretty intense. Now it is the Shadow Demon's turns. This one is going to be doing what it was originally told to do, and it's going to be making an attack against uh, Yurite. And Yurite does a 14 hit? Nope. Yep, it goes to claw at you, but... You just quickly turn, see its claw, and dodge out of the way. It They only have one attack each. Next is the other one. This one is going to move through Pitcher uh-huh. around him. You see Pitcher kind of get those like chills for a second and then appear in front of you, Yurite. And it's going to be making its attacks with advantage against you. Uh, natural 18 plus 5. Uh, that's gonna hit. Yep, okay, so... Oh, wow. That's a lot of damage. Two sixes and two ones. 17 psychic damage as its hand just goes into your head and you feel its fingers scrape along your brain. That is its turn. Top of the top of the round. Yurta, you're up. Having an attack, I'm going to take a reactive swipe, almost dodging when that guy first clawed at me. Mm-hmm. A swipe at him. So I'm going to just normal attack. First attack? Him. Yep. Yep, for my first attack. Uh, 19. That hits. Uh, 16 damage. Okay, it's looking really hurt, but still standing. I'm just gonna swing through it again, and try to kill it, because 
Great weapon master or no? Uh, no, just normal. Yes. Uh, natural 16 plus 8. That hits. 24. Uh, 4 plus 9 damage. Still up. Darn. Is that the front one? Or is that no, that's the, the, the one in between you guys. Oh, the yeah. one that I was attacking? Yeah. yeah. What do these guys have? They're, they look pretty bulky. They look to be as if, like, living shadow almost. Like, your strikes hit it, but you don't see any visible damage to it. Well, I was hoping one strike each would kill it. That's what I was hoping. Okay. <laughs> you never get what you hope for. Do you? Anyway, it's now Pitcher's turn, and he's going to look around and go, Oh, God, there's more of them! Step up against the one that you guys have been all ganging up on. And he is going to be making his first strike against his one strike against it. That is a 23 to hit, so he definitely hits. And with sneak attacks, d8, 23 damage. You see Pitcher run up and kind of like Yurte has his sword by his side for a brief moment. Pitcher sees that. Puts his foot on, and you barely feel the weight of Pitcher as you, like, keep swinging from your turn. And he jumps off of your sword, spins, and just cuts his rapier down the center of this thing. As it lets out this shriek and, like, dissipates into the air. Holy shit! What are those things? It felt like I was cutting through nothing. Anyway... And he's going to run at this one, and he's going to make an offhand attack against it. And he's going to miss. As he goes, but its body kind of separates briefly, and his dagger just hits the air. Golan, you're up. Uh, I'm going to do Vicious Mockery on the Dragolith. Okay, what's it got to do? Uh, I believe that is a Wisdom 17. Wisdom. Natural 20. I'm sorry. Okay. You throw an insult at it, and you get a feeling it doesn't even know what you're saying. <laughs> now is that your turn? Yeah. Okay. Now it is the Dragolith's turn, and it is of course going to be unloading on Rima. You notice Rima is so focused on getting her sisters behind her, she's barely having an opportunity to even get strikes in at this moment. So two of its attacks, uh, one hit, one miss, and last one miss. So only one one strike hits this turn for. 16 damage. Rima's not looking good, though, as it takes its other claw and drags it through Rima's other wing, and you see blood just spray along and hit the ceiling as she lets out another blood-curdling howl of a screech. It's actually going to be Rima's turn now, and she is going to be making two strikes with her scythe against the Dragolith. Both of them hit. Oh yeah, let's see if she let's see if she crits. Yeah. Yep. Let's see if she crits. Doesn't crit, but she still gets the two hits in for a total of 28 damage. As her scythe just goes across and strikes deftly into this thing's chest. Slayer, you're up. Uh 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay. Coming up to the beast. Uh I'm gonna make an attack with advantage. Wow. You have advantage? I thought it was disrespectful. It was. Just danced on woman. 
Uh, well, I guess a 10's not going to do it. Nope. Uh, second attack. Got it. <laughs> Lucky you have advantage. If this is below 10, this dice is going to jail. Nope, it's staying alive. That's a the dice with jail? 18 plus longer. 7. That's dice redemption. Yep, right? that hits. Roll uh, damage. Eight plus seven, fifteen. Fifteen damage. He's still standing. Is that your turn? Uh, yeah, that's literally all I can do. Yeah, you guys are pretty drained. I'm all out of everything else. Next is going to be the other shadow demon's yeah. turn. It's gonna look between Yurte and uh, Pitcher, and it only looks at Pitcher for a brief moment until its head just turns and deathly eyes lock onto Yurte. And it's going to bear down on you and make an attack. For a 15. As it tries to do that same move as it did earlier and reach its hand into your skull. But you just quickly move your head out of the way as its claw just sinks into the ground and lets out an abyssal. I will feast on you. Um, you hear this mentally in your head, Yurite. Um, Top of the order, Yurite, you're up. Gonna do great weapon master attack against the shadow demon. Shadow demon. Shadow demon. Demon spawn. This, this demonic being of shadow. No advantage. No advantage. Uh, no advantage. Sixteen. That hits. Twenty-four damage. That hurts him. And As your blade cuts through, a little bit of like dark ethereal flame just flickers off of it. As you cut through, and then the body reforms. Just gonna follow up chop. Great weapon master. Yep. If that misses for your second attack, you go, but this time the body, you notice it catches up to the blade, and your blade actually doesn't make contact with any physical body as it slashes through its form. Next is going to be Pitcher's turn. He is going to be making first attack, natural 20. Pitcher! Holy crap, Pitcher! Pitcher crit today. Pitcher pitcher quit crit twice today so far. Five... Yeah, so that's five, that's eleven. Yeah, this first strike, he's engaged with an uh, an ally. Thirty-two plus five, so thirty-seven damage to this beast Bruh. on his first strike. As he lets off another vicious flurry of strikes with his rapier, um, it's still standing though. You notice its shadows kind of dimming a little bit, and he's gonna try sees it dimming, and he's gonna go for an offhand attack against it. Natural two. As he goes, and this thing is learning, and it's learning fast, and just <laughs> dodging out of the way of you guys. Golan, you're up. I'm just going to do Vicious Mockery again against the Dragolin. Okay. Roll that saving throw. 12. Or no. Yeah. 10, actually. So it fails. 2d4 psychic damage and disadvantage on its next attack. attacks. Got it. It's 4. Five psychic damage. Okay. And for my bonus action, I will be using healing word. Uh, I'm going to use a second level spell slot. So that'll be 2d4 plus five. And I'll be doing it on my man, your attack. Got it. You healing word, your attack. Skewed. Very skewed. That's three, six plus five. Eleven. 
11 HP to your attack. And that is the end of my turn. It is now the Dragolith's <laughs> turn. And it's once again going to unload all three attacks on Rima with disadvantage. It's Is it <coughs> next attack or next all next all turn on... Um, let, me re- let me read the... The spell description. Because the if it's just the first attack, that's different from all three attacks being a disadvantage. Have disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its next turn. So it makes three attack rolls during its turn. So it's the first one's at disadvantage. The other two are straight attack rolls. So first one with disadvantage. Uh, mm, that's still going to hit with a, na- with a 19. He rolled this really well. So first one's going to hit. And now the next two, the two claw attacks, both hit as well. All three strikes have hit. I got the card. You guys see as the Dragolus raises its two massive claws into the air. It lifts its head up to bite and Rima tries for one second to get her scythe into its mouth but its claws just grab on and break the scythe in half before her face grabs onto her wings bites into her shoulder and takes its claws and slowly you hear a sickening crunch crack and scream as Rima lets out her final breaths as it just rips a massive chunk of flesh out of her chest and her two wings out of her back. He dealt 45 damage on that turn alone. As you see it rip the last bit of flesh out, you see this ethereal trail follow behind her and be consumed by the beast. Its stomach glows an intense purplish color. And its body is going to sink into the ground below as it is gone. And Rima is there, dead before you. Slayer, it's your turn. The shadow demon is still here. You see all three of the sisters standing against the wall, all wide eyes. I run over to Rima. And to try to save her life, I take out a health potion and I force it down her throat. Okay, you're going to use your action to force feed her a health potion? Okay. You run up to her and you shove it into her mouth and the, the, it's just pulling up and spilling a little bit out of the mouth. As you just like, you, you, you even move the throat a little bit. Like you, you try and get some opening and though the liquid goes down... You notice, like, a little bit of the the other wounds heal, but she's still missing a massive amount of flesh from her chest and shoulder area. And her wings have been completely ripped off her back. I try to, like, slam her chest. That was your action to give someone the health potion. So that is your action. Anything else you want to try or no? I don't have anything else I can do. It's going to be the Shadow Demon's turn. It's going to look... Right at you, Yurte, and you're just gonna hear an abyssal in your mind. He always wins. Always. And reaches out once again with his hand. Let's make sure I have the right modifier up. 19 to hit. That hits. Four. He doesn't have advantage, so it's not gonna be as bad. Nine psychic damage. As it rakes its claws against your brain once more. That's its turn. Yurte, you're up. 
gonna sidestep so that way we're flanking got it and I'm gonna make my two attacks uh, first one will definitely be great weapon master 218s natural yeah, so that is yep. 24 how you doing it it's mist right it's shadowy shadowy uh yeah I'm just gonna kind of just chop from like shoulder like neck shoulder area just across its body, trying to like get as much area because I keep seeing yeah, it dispersing. Yeah. You get as much area across its physical body as you can, and you actually see the flames almost like the flames of the etherealness of the body kind of dissipate more as your blade strikes through it. And as your blade finally cuts through the last bit, you see it dissipate into the air, gone, dead. And you guys are now out of combat as you see Rima lying there blood pooling up slayers holding her trying to you know hit her on her chest give me a medicine check slayer wake up and um trying to make the bleeding stop well not stop but you know add pressure on the wound yeah trying to help 15 15 okay so you start you like take off your jacket and you just wrap it around the giant exposed wound on her chest and you just start putting pressure uh what anything else you would like to do you can you can call out to people. You can okay. Aye, mateys, come here, come here, Rima. She's she's very hurt. I think she might be. dead. You guys all run on over. So I'm here's how I'm doing this. She will be doing her death saving throws, and you guys will have a chance to do a medicine check or any other type of healing to give her advantage on those death those death saving throws. So first one will be made with advantage because it's Slayer. That is a success with a 10. So she just got a success on the first one. You guys all gather around and you see this very ragged breath rise and fall as she is kind of breathing. For the second, I'll do cure wounds on her with my sittern and give her advantage. Yeah, you start playing your sittern and see the magic wisp out above her. She succeeds her second one. Now, last one. Can I do medicine to try Give me a medicine check. You guys are all basically getting to do one thing to try and help her. Unnatural 20. That will definitely be giving her advantage. But she fails this one. As you are going in and the magic starts to take into effect, the magic has healed a lot of the exterior wounds. But the giant gaping hole in her chest, though it's being covered, is still bleeding. Her back, as you guys turn her over and Yurte starts to treat her with an unnatural 20, looks at it. This is a mangled mess. And as you go to help or do whatever you can, you just hear blood spews from her mouth. And yeah, you do cauterize it, but it seems like it did a bit more damage than helped. Next round, she's going to be going again. What would someone like to do? I'll do cure wounds again. Uh, How many charges do you have left on the citron? You've used six so far. I used five. Five so far? That's right. You have two more. Got it. Yep. Okay. Using a charge, giving her advantage. She succeeds on this last one. That was her last one she had to succeed on. She then goes... <gasps> what? What happened? Ah, uh, Slayer's still holding her. Be like, ah, Rima, it's okay. Where are my sisters? Are they... <coughs> Blood coughing from her mouth. Are they okay? I right, look behind you. They're right over there. She looks and she smiles, hand, hand reaching out. And you've barely used her, seen her use her hands in actuality. She uses her wings for the most part. But you see this talon-like hand reach out towards her sisters. It starts to shake and tremble as you see a tear go down Rima's cheek. And her head just 
drops as her eyes close and her hand goes limp and she is limp in your body slayer it seems that though you were able to get her conscious once again the wounds were too much for her to survive and you are holding the now dead i just put my hand over her face and close her eyes and just kind of lay her down onto the ground you very respectfully lay her down pitcher takes off his hat and puts it to his chest she was one of the best one of the best of all of us on this on these seas she will be missed forever but she will never be forgotten girls and he's gonna look at all the sisters you tell us what you wish to do from here on out and you have the full support of the huntsman every single one of us and he's gonna look between the three of you hi hi squall is gonna stand up give us time we need to talk we need to prepare Thank you for keeping us safe. You're good friends. And she has this very, like, somber look, but you see just tears flowing down her eye, like her face. All of them, sis, crying. The youngest one, Tello, the one that was called out, head on the chest, just weeping uncontrollably. What would you like to do? Are you guys just going to leave? Because we can start describing what happens. Because... In this phase, in this shock of what has happened here, following events almost pass by in a blur. You guys remember standing there and then these three heavily armored half-orcs come bursting into the room, all with shields with this massive eye on the front. And they start talking, everything's kind of like slow motion, like one of those, like a scene from a hospital show or something where life seems to be moving around you guys. As you look at Rima's dead body, you notice these half-orcs come in, and then more mages and different kind of healers and harpies fly in, and you guys are slowly escorted out. You see Sleaze burst through the door, tears just running down his cheek as he goes and cries in front of Rima. Alfor comes up to you guys and kind of explains that, you know, the Watchers have shown up. They're taking the crystals, every last bit of the ones on the island, and... They are, they're leaving tonight. So, and I will be leaving as well. Yorite, he gives you a book before he leaves. It's the volume two of the books you were reading on Planar Shards. I, I believe you will like this. But the Watchers will finish on cleanup, and we will continue hunting for that beast that took Rima's soul. And Alfor and the Watchers eventually leave. You guys see them actually leave on these, they, they all, you don't actually see what they leave on. You see them walk up to these small circles on blankets, step on the circles, and are gone. And then the last one kind of holds the corner of the blanket, and as it he teleports away, the blanket just folds in on itself. You guys are also given your prizes for winning the final tournament. Though it doesn't feel like a win, you know, the following events. You guys did win the tournament. Slayer, you won a total of 650 gold. And you are told that there is someone who wants to meet with you in a couple days. The captain of the Moonweaver. Uh, basically, you get six and a half times, or no, I three and a half times what you bet. I didn't place a bet. Okay. So I get no money? I don't think I had money to bet. Yeah. <laughs> or no, did what? you bet a hundred? Six and a half times? I don't think what. Oh yeah, that's right, you don't have money. You bet how much had bet? Seven gold. I bet 200 gold. 200 gold? That's three and a half times. I could have done the math wrong. No, you might get more than 650. Just a bit more. Yes, there was the other one. Yeah, you get 700 instead of 650. Um, 
Yeah, so that is your winnings. And the crew also won this large green egg. You'll get more into that detail in a bit. The following two days of the Mogolos Festival kind of come and go. Very somber times. You guys collect your winnings. And now is the two-week wait you have until the renovations of the Huntsmen are done. Now begins another little bit of downtime. It will be less official as last time. Uh, so basically, if there's anything you guys would like to do over this these two weeks, let me know. And I will also tell you anything that happens to you guys over the two weeks. So we'll start with Slayer. Um, after that whole fight and everything and not being able to save Rima, mm -hmm. uh, Slayer's going to just angrily pra fight, practice, you okay. know, train very angrily. Yeah, you spent several days just pure aggression when it comes to... I would like to buy uh, a few more health potions. Okay, so for... Um, so, Grog is the only other seller of potions on the island. Um, he only has two left at 50 gold a pop. Are they the D4 ones? Yeah. Are there any better ones out there? These are the only ones he has. I'll take them. Okay, so subtract 100 gold and you get... Two health potions. Also, is uh, Jinxie still there? Jingy, he uh, he's there the day after the festival, and then leaves a little bit after. Can I go see him the day after? Yeah, sure thing. I wanted to um, make my weapon lighter as well as have the chain to you know pull back my. Anger. Okay, so total that is going to cost you about two hundred gold. All right. Um. So you get the uh the bracer of returning. Mm -hmm. where you attune it to an item and you can cause that item if it fl fl flies more than 15 feet away from you it is automatically pulled direct back into your hand all right and when i'm training i'm also going to be training with this embracer and the lighter anchor. okay and yeah so now with the light property as well on the anchor you can now throw it and you can also wield it with one hand as well. okay so you don't need two and uh i'm also going to meet the captain of moonweaver yep okay so for that you uh you you weren't really told where to meet this person. You were just told that they'll meet you. So one night you're enjoying a drink with Kellig, and all of a sudden this big, gruff, silver-haired Leonin sits next to you. <sighs> so you're the one, aren't you? The one they call Slayer. Aye, that is me. He turns his head to look at you, and he's looking down just a little bit. He's slightly taller than you. My name is Silver Strax. I am Stern's captain. Ah, uh, you mean was, Stern's captain. Yes, was. I well, am... due to Stern passing his debt to you, whatever it was, is passed to me. So what did you bet against each other? Ah, uh, it was a, uh, a bet with no bet, uh, blank check. blank check bet. He just rubs his temple <laughs> in frustration. Oh, Stern, you dumbass. <laughs> okay, well... You won't be getting that from me, but instead he snaps his fingers and uh, you see this very slender, black and white, female tabaxi walk up. This is my quartermaster. Her name is Clear Honey. She will be the one who will fill for Stern in name of the bet. So if you need something from the Moonweaver, you contact her. Clear Honey. Aye, and how will I get into contact with y'all? She uh, walks up. Wow, you can just do that with this rack here, sugar. And she hands you a sending stone. Aye. <laughs> thank you, honey. Well. I mean it both ways. I put it in my pocket. 
My friends call me Hun. Only those lucky enough to sleep with me get to call me Honey. I, uh, I might buy you a drink and we'll, we'll see where this leads. Well, if that would be repayment of the debt and she looks you up and down, then I'll accept that. But if not, maybe another time. And she gives you like a gentle pat on the cheek. She's a decent amount older than you. She's like late 30s. So cougar. <laughs> In a sense of a tabaxi being cat people, yes. Oh, okay. Very cougar-like in features yeah. as well. <laughs> All right. Slayer, Slayer just, you know, sits back, takes a sip of his beer, and just has a grin on his face. Okay, so that is how you uh, spend your next time. Golan, anything you would like to do? Uh, I have two weapons that I'm looking to sell. And, you know, I did ask Rima when she was alive that I have this knife that I found from the Uwanti pit that I'm looking to get rid of. But, fortunately, she passed away and never really got to me, so I'm looking to sell that in my old rapier. Okay, so uh, your old rapier, you go to uh, the the blacksmith. You go to Hammertoe, and you talk to him. It, it's been through some wear and tear, so I can't really... I'll give you three silver. Ah, but it's this is a famous rapier. I've killed many an enemy with it. You mean used rapier? Yeah, but it's and he like kind of wipes some blood and grease off of it, and it looks like it wasn't cleaned recently. Ah, but it has character. Three silver. Five silver. Yeah, give me a persuasion check. Uh, so eighteen plus nine. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah um, 27 he got a natural seven. He goes fine. Five silver. So you Pleasure. get five silver for your old rapier, uh, and then going yeah. to the black market to sell your. Dagger. You actually go to Ballman's for this one. You go to Ballman, he looks it up and down. He has this parrot look at it too. Oh, this is a fine knife. Excellent craftsmanship. Seems to be magical in nature. Very nice. Looks back at it, examines it some more. There's poison in the tip. I'll give you. And we almost died while getting it. I don't yeah. care. Most people die when getting most things that come here. This is worth about a hundred gold. I'll give you a hundred for it. He slides a coin purse forward to you. You know, I just tried to argue with the guy before with my rapier. I'm not going to argue now. And I'll just slide the gold on over. Yep, okay, so you get a hundred extra gold for that. Cool. Uh, is Jimmy still around? You can talk to him while he's still there. He leaves about two days after the Mogolos festival After ends. selling my rapier and selling the dagger, I'm going to go see Jingy. Okay. What can I do you for? So I have this new whip, and I take out my whip that I have not started training with Interesting. yet. Interesting. And uh, I haven't really gotten the technique down, but, you know, it'd be cool if there was a little bit more bite on to this whip. Uh, I heard that you're uh, magically enchanting weapons for... Uh, to make them better. Could you do that on this? Well, looking at it... Hmm. He looks it up and down. Well, it seems it already has a little bit of a magic enchantment already on it. I don't think I can stack it. It's not my brand of, uh... My brand of enchantments. You see, so... I can only enchant unenchanted items. Hmm. If I try and stack them, it gets tricky. Think like a, uh... Tower of blocks, where you're always taking a, a block out of the tower. And then putting it back on top of it. And trying to get the tower not to fall over. My friend Jenga plays it all the time. <laughs> um, Nick Cannon, he invented it. Um, but yeah, so I can't really enchant this for you. It's too complex for me. 
How about this? And I take out my new rapier. What did I just say about enchantments? Ah. That looks like it was it was done. Boy, I mean, very delicate work. I mean, very excellent craftsmanship, but looks like it was built and enchanted simultaneously. It looks like the enchantment's built into this thing, not really built onto it. I see, I see. Well, in that case, I guess I'll be on my way. I'm sorry I couldn't help you. That is perfectly fine. Hey, remember, if you're ever in Zotria, check up Jingi. I will. Hey, wait, by the way, weird, weird question. But did you ever attend the Ogeron School of Law? Why, I did. Huh. You look like a fellow I know there, uh, Floyd Brightburn. Pardon? Yeah, yeah, no, we were classmates. We had, uh, I think it was like Theories to Tinkering or something like that. Uh, it was, it was mostly a, a class about, you know, the intricacies of, of magical locks and magical enchantments onto uh, every, everyday items. Well, that is very interesting. Quite the interesting guy. I mean, didn't yeah. like talking to me much, me being a dragonborn and all that, and him not being, you know, yeah. being, a, being a fleshy. He is uh, quite an interesting fella. Uh, what else can you tell me about him? Well, I mean, besides the one class, I never really interacted with him. I just... You got that look. You look a lot like him. Are you like a brother or something like that? More or less. Can I get you to look at something? Yeah, sure. Take out the ancient tome. It... Could you, uh, take a look at this lock for me? Sure thing. Uh, he's gonna flip down, like, this one-eyed spectacle, and you see, like, a bunch of smaller little, like, almost like magnifying glasses slowly get in so it zooms in. He's gonna adjust a few, and you see, like, they're all different colors to it so it's all like this weird kaleidoscope of glass moving around his eye well i can tell you one thing this int this lock is uh this lock is something else usually arcane locks are about like fourth to fifth level spell this was cast almost at the ninth this is one of the strongest locks i've seen cast in a while and i mean looks like you got part of it already done but seems like there's a stop on the second that uh needs a little bit more of a punch to dispel it, and just looking at this last enchantment, I don't even know where to begin to unpick this thing. Whoever did this is quite the locksmith. Would you believe that it was my brother who put this lock on? Well, I mean, from what I can remember of class, he was top of it, so yes, yes I can. I've been trying to get that lock off for quite some time. What is it, his diary or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's your brother. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... Hands you the book. Sorry, there's nothing I can do about it. No, uh, thanks for taking a look at it. No problem. Glad to. Just know, again, if you ever need any work done and you're in Zotria, look me up. Look up the Jingas. 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 Appreciate it. And I... Yeah, on. you go on. Uh, and then, during this rest of the time, the two weeks, you just spend relaxing, doing your thing. Every now and then, Gruthax talks to you. Um, you guys... Kind of go to the school of uh, Gruthnox every now and then. <laughs> um, just talking about life lessons, you know, getting real close. So you and Gruthax get close during this time. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to him a lot. Um, and during that time, Telev, of course, as someone you see semi semi frequently now, she's mm -hmm. spending more time with Claw and Grim. Right. Um, she actually lets you know that they will be joining the Huntsmen for a bit longer. Pleased to hear um, that. They weren't given any new jobs and they have no new prospects, and they don't hate being on the Huntsmen. So. That's an improvement for most of the ships, from what she tells you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, Grim, uh, Grim can fight, so... Mm -hmm. 
That's also some security. Is that all you're doing? So, maybe I'm sitting in my room one night, and I'm just, like, thinking over, like, I, you know, the information that Jingy just told me. And he told me that's, like, a, a very powerful spell. So, I'm just going to try and see if I can maybe unlock a little bit of this, of the lock myself, by using Dispel Magic, one of my third level spells. Okay, so... I know that I have to roll... Yeah, cast it, and then roll, and you add your charisma modifier. Yeah. Uh, the DC equals 10 plus the spell's level, but I'm sure... Yeah. It'll be a 9. Yeah, so uh, you sit there, and you, you begin to meditate, and you cast a spell magic on this thing, and you see the red energy kind of whoosh, hover out of your hand, float over to the lock as if to inc- like cover it, and you see it slowly begin to cover, and then whoosh, it, like bursts into like a small flame and almost kind of burns the spell up upon it touching the lock. No success tonight. Just put the book away. Disheartened. And kind of just thinking over what that... I can't believe he knew my brother. Um, Yurte, anything you and Krolten would like to do? Um, well, in this uh, time, um, Yurte's going to be very disturbed by uh, having someone die from a demon in front of him again. Um, and at this moment, he's going to spend the first night in the, the bar, the in place, and then the rest of the time until it's time to come back so he can get on the ship, he's actually just going to spend it out in the wilderness. You're going to spend that time with Krolten? Uh, if Krolten is able to come. So uh, Krolten is very injured. Yeah. Um, he is bandaged up for a majority of the time. <laughs> but after, if you do leave after the first day, you don't see him fully like heal because yeah. he heals after about three to four days. So if he comes and finds me, he can find me. But if not, I'm. I, I would say after himself. about the first week, he goes looking for you and does find you. So the second week, you do have Krolten by your side. He goes, uh, sir, are you are you okay? I mean, I knew, I heard about Rima. Just gonna see a stack of just any animal I found behind me, just cut up cards. Give me a uh, survival checks with advantage. Uh, 22. You have a huge pile, like there's one dead ankylosaurus on its back, gutted, you've got a stegosaurus decapitated, and it's like spines just ripped out. You've got a lot of material here too. You've like skinned all of them, you have some like leather drying, you've made yourself like a velociraptor cape out of all (laughs) their scales that you've killed. They've basically been like chickens, honestly, you've been going so hard at velociraptors. And uh, to that, in reply, then with that sitting behind me, all the stuff. Does it look like I'm okay? Just kind of like. No, sir. No, it does not. Um, I'll stay with you the rest of this time. Be it yourself. Just don't die on me, sir. He's gonna look you in the eyes. I don't plan on it anytime soon. And he just holds up the parapet of wound closure, <sighs> puts it back down onto his chest. Your time just like goes back into his mind, just kind of sitting like uh, stroking the fire he had going. Biome just kind of is really just in his thoughts, just sitting there, sorting, kind of just resting next to him. Just okay. kind of all I'm doing that, wake up, hunt. Yep. That. So Krolton just follows me that he's not even talking. Your taste just... Yeah, you, that, that is your routine for the following weeks. You guys all do your own thing. And uh, one thing you do learn, for the egg to hatch, you need to burn it in a fire burned by a special wood only found on an island in the Golden Archipelago. Do they find out this yeah, info after, like, while I'm gone? Yeah, okay. you're while you're Otherwise gone, you learn. You learn that. Right. 
Do we know what type of wood it is? You need to burn the egg in a fire using wood from the Tree of Replenishment on Oxalin. Its wood has a very special property that is said to give life where life was once thought to be lost. So that is what you guys learn over these following weeks. And eventually, as the time comes in, Yurite, you and Krolten are kind of just literally walking out of the woods as you see the, a crowd of the huntsmen all kind of walking past where you guys are. Like, you're all, like, dirty, covered in just blood, guts. You're, you have these big sacks of dinosaur meat and, like, leather on your backs. And you see the huntsmen all running towards a ship. And you look, and you guys all see the brand new renovated huntsman. All black wood. Sleek design with red trim around it. Around the portholes for the cannons. It seems a little bit taller, like another floor has been added. You see this beautiful black mass rise into the sky with this massive crow's nest up top. You guys get up top deck and you see crossbow sections for people to run up and take crossbows. You see a brand new um, elemental crane for loading and unloading the ship. You guys also see brand new wheel and a brand new pitch black panther masthead with what seems to be these red like streaks on where its paws would be as it's kind of like the puma puma right am i thinking the puma logo i think so where it's like jumping out like that yeah its paws have like red streaks on the top from the claws down black red design and you also see a brand new flag unfurl pitch black with the white skull of almost like a large feline very similar to that of like a panther or tiger or something like that very oh, large exaggerated features of this feline feline skull will squala be joining us you actually look around for squala in this moment as you see the crow's nest it looks very big roomier and like ah oh, i could have many drinks up there with squala and almost as if thinking and talking about it summoned her you see her and her two sisters land on the dock she takes a step forward and looks at everyone so we've been talking and the decision isn't easy but as the new oldest and you see her kind of like bring her wings back and her head up a little bit i will be taking rima's place on the island any debts she made of owed, owed all of you are now mine and i owe you more than just my life and she looks at like the whole huntsman crew but specifically at you three or four i I started to understand my si my sister's sacrifice and why she did what she did, because I would do it for any one of you. But sadly, my responsibility is here with my other two sisters, so I will not be staying with you guys on the Huntsman. Everyone just kind of, <gasps> and that's where we'll end our session. So heavy, heavy episode and session for, for today. But thank you all for listening to this episode of RTFD Tales of Piracy. Truly was some Mogolos madness today. God, I, I honestly hate myself for saying that. <laughs> anyway, follow us on Instagram at RTFDDND. Find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Anchor.fm. Once again, thank you all for listening, and we hope to see you next time. <laughs>